Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Key in the Lake. This is Jake, just uh, doing a short little introduction into our second part with Marty Duffy as the journey continues through Marty's life from being a wee little boy bartending on, on Chicago at various bars to being now the one of the global ambassadors for Glenn Karen, which we'll get into a little bit more into this part of episode two and much more of his background coming up in Chicago and traveling across the world, learning how to be an ambassador of whiskey for all of us um, in the United States. And then also, obviously, um, and a lot of his time is spent in Europe, too, working with various brands from Diageo's portfolio to also now working um, with Glenn Karen and some other brands in between. Has some really great stories here. Looking forward to it. Uh, if you haven't listened to part one, I would definitely go back and listen to it. We're taking, uh, we're beginning right uh, right from where we left off after part one, about an hour and 15 minutes or so into our interview. Um, we recorded for well over two hours that day, and this is basically the last hour and 10 minutes or so of our conversation that Wilson and myself had with Mr. Martin Duffy. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, hope you're having a nice little transition into fall as well. Definitely start drinking some more whiskey this time time of year, a lot more events going on as we've already seen through September um, as October is wrapping up too and heading into the holiday season. I wish you all safe. And if you have any guests that you would like to hear on the podcast, please reach out to Wilson and I. Um, or just reach out to us uh, on Instagram at Key in the Lake, messaging us or emailing us to um, within our homepage there. Because we hear love to hear more voices from around uh, the United States and across the world too. Obviously, we've had some other friends from across the whiskey world um, and not just from the United States on our podcast. So if you're uh, in a market and you want to be on the podcast, uh, I travel a lot for my job with Star Ward, so possibly could hook up with you sometime there. Um, or if you have friends and family or somebody you think would be great to have a little whiskey conversation Will please reach out to us and let us know because we want more voices out. Um, there's not Chicago Chicago voices, but uh, more global voices and more uh, voices that we can find all throughout the United States. I'm going to stop saying voices and get to our conversation with Marty Duffy. Cheers, guys. That's strange. Sounds so, like we used to put together the ultimate guide to Chicago. I mean, with Put our brains true. together. Because, I mean, even for new sure. brands that are coming out and Chicago being a market that yeah. they, they want to be a part of, there are so many ways that they can attack that. They can just have boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. Here you go. That, as you mentioned, that lo- here's your guide of, you know, KPI base that, you know, you can use as kind of your Bible and guide in through the Chicago. And, like, if you can't get this one, then this is a good comparison to or just underneath of whatever might be the case. Um, is that something that you recommend? Or is, it, is that something that, hmm. you know, because you also mentioned the media side and also me, part of media, social media, obviously now and forever today. Is that something where where you find these excellent bartenders that come out of the Violet Hour or these great up-and-coming and or established cocktail bars and you go in there as a new brand and say, listen, here's a couple, two, three bottles of my stuff. Use it, post it, and maybe, you know, garner some, in, you know, some, uh, I guess, you know, uh, fandom that way or just to get the word out. Well, I mean, obviously. there's so many different ways. Well, see, what I always thought, and, you know, it's funny, uh, Jamie started doing this on her own, hmm. uh, which I thought, great minds, they like. <laughs> um, she used to, when she was working for 
uh, Quincy Street. Mm -hmm. That was her mm -hmm. first brand ambassador gig. Uh, she was walking around with a bag, and she'd have some spirits there. And she'd go in and say, hey, can I try you out? You know, um, can I try you out on this? Um, or can, can I leave you a bottle? And you play around with it and, and let me know what you think. Because mm -hmm. uh, that's the... You gotta, you know, Ultimately. You can't, you can't really ask them to <laughs> go online and start bragging about it until yeah. you yeah. know they like it because mm -hmm. you don't want the opposite to happen. True. All right. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, I think, with every brand, man, it's, it's the old saying we used to say back then that you have to win the hearts and minds, and especially of the gatekeepers. You get a bartender on board. Yeah. Now you have an advocate inside an account. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I remember going out with, uh, Todd Hardy. Todd founded, uh, Caledonia Spirits out of, uh, Vermont. Okay. They made, he, I, I think he sold it off, but, um, I don't know if he has any part of it now, but he was making vodka from honey that he harvested himself. He was a beekeeper. Mm -hmm. And so it was really great vodka. And we remember going in, uh, we went into a Girl and the Goat. And the bartender said, wow, that's really good. How much is it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, vodka made from honey. Yeah. A lot of honey had to go into the making of that vodka. So it was like, I don't know, $70 a bottle? Jeez. Yeah. So uh, he said, I can't, you know, I can't have a yeah, vodka. No. Those cocktails would be outrageous. And nobody was going to pay that much for a vodka cocktail. So that's, I mean, it's good. I mean, it was good for him to learn, hey, this is, this is the way of things. You can make great spirits, but you, you know, these bartenders also have to be able to sell it. Sure. Yeah. And so you've got to give them good pricing, uh, but also maybe a good story. Yeah. And definitely good liquid. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you, I think if you cover all those three, yeah. I mean, for the most part. Yeah, for, but at the same time, you know, how do you couple that? Because call it a dozen of us can do that. You know, can go into X, Y, Z, do, you know, tell the story, extend. Well, story is such a big element know. of our jobs. Yeah, for sure. Well, but at know, the same time, it was like, but there, we, there has to be a secondary. I'm saying that there has to be, but there's, it just seems to a point where it was like, Something needs to stand out. Well, the, I mean, some of some of what you're doing of that dozen of you that do it, mm. that's one personality. Mm. Um, Shit. Yeah, <laughs> we'll some work on that. We've been meaning to talk to you about that. Boring. All of us have been meaning to talk to you about that. No, I mean, you know, it's uh, Mike Miller often comes up to me and tells me, you know, he has all these old Diageo. Single malts mm -hmm. uh, are just about every whiskey that I ever represented on this back bar. And he says, brought it in because of you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, Mike has so much whiskey, he really doesn't need anymore. No. But he loves it. He's, a, he's such a passionate guy. He takes in so much. I understand that he has probably like twice as much uh, in storage. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, storage? Mike... I went, uh, he moved into a house, but originally when I, he had an apartment, him and Sally lived over on Damon, just south of Division, and went in the house, 
and it was basically Delilah's warehouse. <laughs> I mean, there, there was all, all the crazy movies and all the music. Yeah, yeah. There was just piles of VHS and records. DVDs and records yeah. and uh, CDs and just all. You had to walk, navigate your way through it. I don't know where they slept. They probably put a mattress on top of a bunch of albums or maybe even cases of whiskey. But at that point, too, I think he was supposed to have like, it, you know, he's very, he's another mysterious man, but he has, uh, <laughs> might've had three, I had heard this, I don't know, it could be urban legend, but like three storage units just full of, of spirits that he had bought in the past because he could just couldn't pass it up. I mean, that's great stuff. Yeah. yeah. But you know, there's only so much room on that back bar. But so Wilson, going back to your point, what else you can do is there's some, I, always do when I when I was going into an account and still even now for you know Glencairn I don't go into an account and try to push my glasses on someone yeah. I look see you know do, what do you need? need them yeah I mean you don't exactly. really sell anything here you don't really you're really not set up to sell POS mm. so I, I'm guessing no I mean if you but here here's my uh, you know here's my card and yeah. if you ever are I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know who to come to, uh, and that's it. Um, so you you read your customer, right? You post but, up, you check it out. Yeah. Also, ask them questions. You just ask them questions. Just say, "Hey, do you like whiskey? You know, do you consider yourself a good whiskey bar?" Yeah. I remember one time, uh, uh, I had some, I had some of the classic malts. I was trying to. I went into an account. I was on a, a ride along. I went into an account, and the guy was being a little standoffish. And I couldn't understand. He probably had, I was probably the umpteenth salesman yeah. he yeah. saw that day. And, you know, uh, I said, well, here, here's the class of malts. These are, you know, great whiskeys to offer your guests. Because, look, the various regions. It's kind of educational. You can do flights. That's a great way to sell them. Mm -hmm. That's a nice, you know, yeah. Put three out there, charge yeah. uh, for what the the third is, whatever mm -hmm. that price would be. Um, uh, and goes, I I don't need your, uh, I don't need any more whiskeys. They're just gonna collect dust on my bank bar. Mm -hmm. I go, oh, oh, well, I, I yeah, that's fine, man. I mean, I would I wouldn't want to come back here and see my my whiskeys Absolutely. with dust yeah. on them. Sorry, yeah. I I didn't mean to bother you. Yeah, I I only want to see my whiskey sell. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. you know, good on you. Have a good day. And, and you go, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And, you know, so that next thing you know, I'm thinking four to six. All right. <laughs> Psychology blowing your mind. Give them what they can't want. It's uh, true. But, I mean, but it was, I think it was also shown that, you know, yeah. I've. You're honest. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I can. You know, not that I, I want to take or leave a sale, but I, I really, I also was, yeah, I was honest about it. I really did mean it. You I don't want to come back fail, yeah. and see all my bottles just, unopened, yeah. and they just become decoration. True. And then I was fine with Blue Label, because Blue Label yeah, it's, kind of gives your bar a little more upscale, mm -hmm. even though you've never, never ever cracked it, at least <laughs> if somebody comes in and wants to celebrate, you can say, hey, we have a dusty bottle of Blue. Yeah. And You'll be the first. And some dusty glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Dusty's. Um, That's awesome. So, um, 
But I mean, it, it is an art, and it's mm-hmm. but it takes time, and it's it just a matter of always. Uh, I like I, said, I guess it's also called the soft sell. You just yeah, you're not pushing anyone, and when they're ready, boom. Yep. But also too, so one time, Wes Henderson from Angels Envy was mm-hmm. in town, and he had come in on a Thursday, and they I guess they took him to one or two accounts on Thursday. But then left him on his own devices. He thought he was going to have somebody around. He was kind of new to the whole way distributors work. So he didn't realize oh, okay. he'd have nobody showing him around on Friday. So I said, Wes, I'll take you around. Uh, we had met a couple times prior and uh, kept in touch. And So first bar we went into was Sable. And that was where he learned the lesson of uh, having his the bottle shaped mm-hmm. and you know the beautiful angel's wings oh so nice mm-hmm. yeah great it's turned sideways just like a book <laughs> along with knob creek and all the other square bottles yep and you go oh yeah yeah there's so much product out there yep. now which makes it tougher for you guys because yep. now you got to go uh yeah why would they carry my whiskey when they got more whiskey than they can actually carry on the yeah. shelves. Yeah. You now are kind of in the craft beer guys uh, realm where you have to figure out how can I replace a whiskey up there? <laughs> yeah. Who oh, am yeah. I gonna Mike Miller was a big he uh, I remember one one of the first times I met with him and got to know him, that was one of the lessons that he taught me. It was like I bring you on, I gotta get rid of one of these guys up here. You know, it's like, it, but that's just the revolving door effect. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, well, but that's see, just one, how it is. And one thing Mike will always tell you, and this is, this is true of any account, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. once you make that placement, don't be a ghost. Yep. Uh, Absolutely. You have yeah. to go back. You, you go have back. to, you have to be a good customer. I mean, I would go into Delilah's any day I, couldn't think of anything else to do. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't mean that's a slam. You know, I, I didn't have you know I didn't yeah. have some other work chore to do. Yeah. I'm going to Delilah's and hang out because Mike had all my whiskey, yep. and I would you know buy myself a whiskey. And this one time I was sitting there and I had one too many whiskeys. Uh, that never this, happens. No, yeah, 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 yeah no, rare. That was very that rare. Maybe one time. That's yeah, only rare. The. Um, I was sitting next to this uh, Scottish artist called Ian Gray, who Mike was storing some of his his artwork upstairs, and I guess he was displaying it in mm. the bar. Yeah. Anyway, so we're sitting and we're chatting, and uh, we're starting to tie one on, and he goes, I dare you, I dare you to buy everybody in here a, a full measure of Johnny Walker Green Label. And I said, what? Hey, you dare me? I dare you. I do you right back. If I do that, you gotta give me one of your paintings. And he goes, oh, hey, I will. <laughs> you got it. I said, all right. Hey, Mike, how much for uh, green label on the house for everybody? Or green label for everybody, I mean. And he goes, uh, ah, I'm already out. Charge you 300 bucks. Like that. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, old Diageo tab. <laughs> and boom. 
bought everybody, and I got a beautiful framed <laughs> painting of Lagerblumen. Oh. And every person in there has been a dear customer ever since, ever hoping since. for that day to return well, and once Mike again. Well, that. Right, you know, that was, that was uh, you know, and it was impromptu. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like I was coming in to even do an event, and he's 300 bucks, well, and tip. Ooh. And plus our bar Whatever. tab. Plus, that yeah. plus what I you mean, were drinking already. Ian wasn't going to pay. He's our freaking artist. So. <laughs> So I knew it was all going to end up on me. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, that, and that's uh, every place I go to. And even now, I still go back to, like, the Duke of Perth. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know the owner and I know the people. And, yep. Um, and you, you know what? It paid off when, after I left Diageo, and about nine months later, I got that gig as the national brand ambassador for Benedictine. Now... There's a position that I wouldn't have wished on anybody. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, I love Benedictine. It was, uh, it was a great spirit, but unlike whiskey, you can't drink Benedictine all the time without your teeth rotting and, <laughs> and gaining yeah. 50 pounds and it's, it's getting though. diabetes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the diabetes. <laughs> um, plus, no offense to any Frenchmen out there, but you guys are paying the ass to work for. Uh, they speak French. They speak French. All the time when you're with them. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I'm over here and I, I don't speak French. Are you guys talking about me? So that's were. what it felt like. Yeah. Um, I wrote a, came out of a meeting with the two uh, brand managers from France, a guy and a, a, a woman, and they... They come out. The moment they leave the meeting room, uh, we, the three of us walk to an elevator. Uh, they immediately start speaking French to one another. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking next to them. I go, okay, mm. something you don't want me to hear, I guess. They're in the elevator, talking French to each other. Still no word to me at all. Not even really looking at me. Then we get into a cab together. We're all going back to the same hotel. This is in Miami. And uh, not a word. And I go, okay, hey, cabbie, what, what, how's your day? What are you doing? <laughs> okay, never mind. You're French, too? All right. So uh, A French cab driver uh, in Miami. We, we, get, we get to the hotel, and the first words they say to me is, Marty, meet you down here later? Okay. Sat down for fun, that big foo And I go, what the? And I just, I said, oh, man, I got to go work for the Scots or the Irish again. Yeah. They're so much more fun. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, so Benedictine was very poorly managed. They had no, it was a 5,000 case brand. Really? 5,000 case. That's it. And I was going to pay very nicely. I was going to pay yeah. kind of your going rate for brand ambassadors for a big company. Mm. And it was, I found out later, it was like a tenth of the budget. I go, all right. And then the budget got cut. Drastically, I'm going, and now I'm a even bigger part of the budget. And I, I was about three months into the gig, and uh-huh. I asked one of the brand managers. I said, "Why, why do you, why did you guys hire me? What, yeah. what am I supposed to be doing? Because yeah. you don't have money for me to go anywhere. They would fly me. They tell me to go to the Manhattan Cocktail Classic on a Thursday. <laughs> okay, and I go. Okay, what am I, what am I doing down there? Yeah. And go just network." Go to bars, introduce yourself. It's during the Manhattan Cocktail Classic, and it's a weekend. 
you realize how busy these bars are going to be? <laughs> what am I going to do? Hi, I'm the brand ambassador for Benedictine. Oh, you're busy? Okay. <laughs> Talk to you later. Which makes Bye. you only look bad as a person, yeah. too. Yeah. That's not going to drop me. So I tried to do it very subtly. And uh, I did as whatever networking I could do. But that thing lasted about uh, 18 months. And mm. Got out of that. Started the Chicago Independent Spirit Expo after okay. that. So that's when I'd be able to be in. And that whole thing is also built. Yeah, this is a big credit to Dave Schmier. Yep. who started it four years earlier. This is 2011. So it was actually before I started Bacardi. Uh, convinced Dave to bring it to Chicago. Mm. And... You know, Dave created that for small brands to have an audience. Yeah. And instead of coming into the market for three days and trying to work with and pay for hotels and yeah. meals and all this, here, you can come in the day of, boom, hit, and hopefully uh, the trade comes to you. Right. <clears throat> and uh, you know, I was happy to see the, uh, this, past, this past month's event go off. Uh, just as well. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of thinking maybe it wouldn't do as well without me, but <laughs> I think your niece well, fit I in think very your appropriately. Niece, uh, yeah, I guess she, Jamie she, did pretty well. <laughs> yeah, she's cut your yeah, butt. Maybe not as well, but yeah, she did pretty well. Uh, Dude, but she good. always she she really does credit you. She always talks about it's like it's my uncle Marty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah well, Absolutely. She really she does. She really she, she puts is, it all uh, into you. But I mean she's she's exceptional because you know she is she has left brands because they can keep up with her. Yes. Yes. I and agree with that 100%. You, that is so rare in this business. Um, there is a story about uh, probably someone we all know. Hmm. Um, and God bless him. Sweetheart of a guy. But <laughs> I recommended him to a, uh, a brand okay. uh, yeah. as a brand ambassador. Now, he, I thought he had a dis, uh, distributor. Oh, okay. experience um, and he had told me he wanted to start with a brand you know and kind of work on the ground up and be part of it so mm-hmm. okay alright that's a great idea oh that's good that's good enthusiasm sweet mm-hmm. so I recommend him to this brand and uh, the brand uh, hires him it was a distillery hired him and uh, uh, I even ran into him during the course of like, like three months mm. From the time he was hired, uh, he uh, I asked, so how's it going? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. It's working out pretty nice. Okay. All right. Good. Um, I think he, he stopped at some cafe. He bought me a coffee, and we talked about it a bit. All right. Great. And about three months later, um, I, uh, I called the distillery and said, hey, how's that guy working out for you? And he goes, ah, I had to let him go. You know, what? Why? He goes, well, he comes to me, and actually, he kind of wanted to quit um, because the distributor was never calling him, and he was uncomfortable with cold calling. And I go, what? He was uncomfortable with cold calling. And it didn't dawn on me, but he was, he was used to, when he worked at the distributor, he wasn't a distributor rep. Mm. He was kind of a specialist, and distributors would call him up and bring him in. And I was like, oh, oh. So he sat on his butt, and I guess um, the distillery checked his credit card, his company card, yeah. and found out 
The only thing he ever spent was that coffee. With you? Yeah. And it's like, wow. Wow. There is a definitely disconnect on what a brand ambassador does. And that was a shame because that's uh, this particular place paid very nicely. It was a mm. sweet gig. And yeah, really? Wow. Really? But, could at least go into your accounts. That's what I thought. I thought you're pretty connected. Okay. Yeah. You, I mean, you. If you're coming from the distributor side, in yeah. The, yeah. In the industry. Um, so. Yeah. Call, anyways, your, call your friends first. I mean, at least start there. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was a, a, a goofy. Uh, I thought you were talking situation. about me when you first started the story. I was like, yeah. oh, where's this go? Where's this go? But I mean, I thought. I think that's. I mean. That is, you know, the misconception about what a brand ambassador is. Yeah. yeah. That And because I blame also the big brands, because that's what a lot of the big brands do. They hire these uh, guys, and they basically make out their schedule. They say, okay, you're going to be going to this market or yeah. go to these accounts. You're going to be doing these events. And, oh, uh, we might have you do some ride-alongs, yeah. you know, in this market. And then that's it. And that's it. But the vast majority of it is not anything, you know, it's not looking, going out, looking for, hey, this is a good opportunity. Oh, this is an event. Yeah. You know, this is there. Hmm. And so someone sees that. And those guys, for some of the big companies, you know, they're making yeah. boxcar figures. Definitely. Uh, if they've been at the, at the game for more than, like, four years. So you yeah. think that the ambassador should have... Um, more of a personal initiative to go out and do find. Yeah. More I think, business. well, especially oh, for smaller brands. For smaller exactly. Oh, yeah. Brands. For us, it's like, yeah. I mean, we, it's I mean, an everyday conversation right. about us. Like, that's do we still, first point how do we, how do we now develop brands? Because it's so much different now with, um, with the on-premise, uh, you know, having all these great whiskeys that are on the shelf there mm. competing with the on-premise and then developing social media wise and having that communication with people, constant communication with mm. your, with, uh, your bars, with your customers, um, new customers that you can find out there too. Like w- there is no stopping point. I mean, it's endless possibilities. It's a matter right. of actually implying, uh, applying the right methods to gathering that attention to your customers and new consumers out there. And, you know, looking for, uh, a, a brand, especially a small, especially a small brand. Yeah. Big guys, I guess they can afford to have brand uh, brand ambassadors that are strictly just kind of consumer yeah. focused. Yeah. Great. Uh, and, you know, they have someone managing them. And mm. I mean, we had someone managing the Masters of Whiskey, but one guy out of New York, and we were still expected to, you know, and I, I didn't. I couldn't pass up a, a cool opportunity. I used to do. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if I was. I don't know if I was the one. But like Phil, <laughs> Phil Ledbetter, at uh, Up Down Cigar. Yep. Uh, oh, okay. Doing all the um, spirit stuff during his events. I don't know if I approached Phil. I know he already had Goose Island and he was grilling, and maybe he did have other spirits there. But I mean, that's when we used to do the. Um, we first brought in the Indie Spirit Expo, mm-hmm. and we do the Spoken Garden Party. Oh, yeah. First two years of it, um, we actually included Phil at the events because we had outdoor space. Mm-hmm. But then after that, that's when the Spoken Garden Party started the night before. Okay, gotcha. Um, okay. And it just grew. It just grew we, that way. I mean, it was 
many brands as that mm -hmm. that backyard could fill. Um, but the, seeing the uh, any small brand, and you guys might have actually heard this, you know, by now. Um, but any small brand looking to come into a market and talk to a distributor, the distributor, one of the first things they're going to ask, do you have feet on the ground? Yeah. you got to have feet on the ground because distributors take orders. They don't necessarily sell. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it's a rare, uh, it's a rare distributor rep. Uh, and I, there's no besmirch to them. Yep. I mean, they're they have a lot of brands to look brands. after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but a bag full. unless they, there's a real favorite of theirs, it's not going to happen. Um, and so you've got to have somebody who is going to follow up, go check on it. Actually, even follow up on the distributor. I used yeah. to go on these <laughs> three-day uh, trips. And this is something I used to hear even when I worked at Bacardi. I'd hear from all these other brand ambassadors. But, yeah. man, they were so whiny about it. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, are you calling up your rep the following week to see if those orders were placed? Yeah. Those accounts you visited the week prior? Yep. Yeah. No, I shouldn't have to. Why should I? Wee, my pants are wet. <laughs> so uh, it's from walking in the river. <laughs> so they, they would. Uh, I mean, that was that's part of it. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta double check because sometimes you could even see it in the distributor rep's eyes that yeah they're with you. You're selling a bottle of one bottle of expensive single malt scotch. They're nodding. But they're thinking, oh, I want to go to that one convenience store and sell 100 cases of Smirnoff right now. Yeah. Yep. Oh, can't wait to dump this guy off on a yep. corner somewhere. Um, <laughs> and so, so when you, you know, you're leaving the account, so, so did you get that order? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did. Sure. You're mm -hmm. leaving the yep. market tomorrow, yeah. aren't you? Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. I got it. Yeah, I got and it. And then you go to do a tasting uh, and they two don't weeks have later, any. and they have one or two bottles on the yeah. shelf. Oh, yeah. that's always the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hate Not that. Not even a case one. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So Such is the life. It is. I think it's So it's what took, what took you from all that to Glencairn? So, well, see, it's interesting. Though, with my my life is you, a tapestry. You ditched the yeah, Frenchman. It's a tapestry. Yeah. <laughs> you ditched the Frenchman. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you will find two graves <laughs> in Normandy. Yeah. That's when I had to leave the company. <laughs> Marty, you were the last with the brand managers. What happened? Uh, no we don't speak uh. no <laughs> tango English. America happened. Or whatever. Um, so I... Um, uh, about 17, 18 years ago, at when the Whiskey Fest, when mm. the when the Glencairn glass was originally made, it's funny because a lot of folks think the Glencairn glass has been around forever, like yep. the brandy snifter, but it's only about 18 years old. And Ray Davidson, the owner, would come over with his son, Scott Davidson. Scott would have his then girlfriend, now wife, uh, Aileen, uh, over, and they'd be going around. Um, I, somehow, I guess they they must have had some kind of connection with John Hansel prior, but John Hansel brought in the glass as the official glass and has been ever since. They were there, obviously, talking to the brands, doing what I do now, mm -hmm. uh, and dropping a card and saying, hey, if you want some brand and glassware, I'm the man. Yeah. And uh, so about five years ago, 
Andy Davidson, the youngest of the three brothers, uh, came to Chicago, met up with me and said, hey, how would you like to come work for us representing the glass? And I go, really? Hey, that's all right. How much am I going to get paid? Oh, well, you do know we're Scottish. <laughs> I go, oh, so that doesn't bode well. <laughs> um, no, he said, name your price. I, na- I threw out a price, um, which... You know, I like it. He said I threw out a price. Threw out a price. Well, the, well, no, believe me. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, need, I, need, threw, I literally <laughs> threw out a price. Uh, I, I, I need a guy have, who knows has a shovel in right. France real quick. I had, I should have, because uh, they're, they're friends. They're friends of the family. Mm-hmm. I, or I'm friends of the family. Yeah. And I, I, I used to go over and visit them all the time. Yeah. And, uh, especially when I lived in Ireland, I could just pop over to Glasgow and hang out with Scott or Andy or Paul. So you gave him the blue light special? Ah, I did. <laughs> and kind of ain't a go name. I didn't know it was going to be five years later. <laughs> um, and so, uh, I mean, but they've, they've made every accommodation, but it's tough. They're a Scottish company. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I said, hey, guys, what about, what about insurance? Mm. Oh, socialized medicine over there. Yeah. Okay. So they were going, oh, what do you mean, the chance? <laughs> what do you mean, pension? Pension. Uh, 401k, what is that? Hello, wow. we donkey. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and um, so there was, you know, but they've been, they've, they've tried to make as many accommodations. We were talking about get me just recently, maybe a Glen Karen mobile. Oh, wow. I look like the Red Bull. Red nice. Bull Mobile, Glenn Karen. Yeah. on it. That'd there cool. you go. That'd be dope. Um, anyways, so that led to that, and and it's actually really great because I like being brand neutral as far as the whiskeys go. Yeah, Glen Karen is it's, is it's the it's the it's, older of all. It, yeah, it brings us us all together, yes, really, doesn't do. it? It really <laughs> does. So um, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Um, I get my little trip over to Scotland. That's an extra bonus. Nice. This year I went to Scotland, and I usually pop over to Ireland for a while, too, and mix a little work with pleasure. Nice. Uh, As one I went should. to Portugal on that trip. Nice. As well, yeah. Just in, I, oh, yeah, we were just in Portugal. We just, you, got the, you went there after I did. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I live a James I know where Portugal is. lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, all due to the, the Scots. Scots. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, what else? I mean, I don't know. And that, that's just it, too. Like, it was nice. And I, this is what I recommend to all you older folks in the liquor biz. You might be feeling the breath of uh, the uh, corporate axe <laughs> on your neck. As I've seen a lot of it. Yeah. Guys. So yeah. Uh, ageism is mm. quite prevalent. Uh, and obviously it has is two edges. It has the one that, you know, you want a face of the brand. Well, they don't want an old guy. Mm. They want young Jake there. They want a James Dean looking guy <laughs> doing his his thing. Yeah. I got my uh, haircut just for you today. So. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Ken. Kendall. Kendall. Tywin. And then, uh, what was the... Uh, and then the other is salary. Yeah. You've been working for a brand. But the beauty for, like, say, you guys, you work for the small guys. Mm-hmm. And the small guys, I tell a lot of folks, this is where you should go. Yeah. Look, uh, the, 
the all these new distilleries. What are we up to? Or is it seventeen hundred, or is we up going Something up to like eighteen hundred? Eighteen hundred close right now. Uh, eighteen hundred distilleries out there. Uh, most folks who get in the distilling business aren't from the industry at all, no. so they have no idea. I'll get I, I for years now. I've gotten phone calls from distilleries saying, "Hey Marty, I got a distributor in Chicago, and." Uh, I haven't sold anything. I don't get it. What do I have to do? And I go, you've got to come here and sell it. That's what you got to do. Uh, and then tell the distributor, hey, I sold a bottle. Could you take that order? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, uh, they just don't get that it's not. There's, once you make the juice, there is, you have accomplished maybe 30%, maybe, yeah. total, yeah. of what you need to do to grow that brand. Um, and actually, maybe even less than 30. Yeah, definitely. Think of it. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, uh, they need the help. And I think if they're smart, they'll appreciate the help of experienced people. Mm. Yeah. I've had people ask me to be an advisor, and I go, eh, you know what? I don't feel like I'm an advisor. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have that. I, don't, I would hate to have that kind of pressure on me to advise you on your brand because I would hate for you I would hate to advise you to do something then yeah you waste more advising like in this market for them or not only this market but in general general, okay I mean it's really it's really really is amazing Jake how uh, very little knowledge of of just what happens in the bigger world or how about this um I don't know how often you guys visit other people's distilleries. Try to. Yeah. As much yeah. as possible, yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> folks, I will go to uh, someone's place who makes a gin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go in, and uh, it's, oh, yeah, I would love to try some of your gin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they give you a, a sample of their gin, and they'll tell you, yeah, yeah, we brought the juniper back. We want to be different and make a more of American-style gin. And go, you know, I only heard that about 20 times in the last three days. Yeah. Okay, you're different, though. And then you taste it, and you go, that tastes like you spilt some gin <laughs> into a large fat of vodka. I mean, that, huh. I can't taste anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet they think that's the greatest stuff on earth. Yeah. I go, have you visited any other distilleries? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any, tasted anyone else's gin, even just locally? Yeah. Or how about tasting some of the best-selling gins yep. other than Bombay Sapphire, yep. which was the beginning of the American-style gin. Ego is the enemy right there. I mean, having that myopic sense of what your brand is and thinking this is all the end-all be of <laughs> spirits. And yeah. It's yeah. always going to be more out there. Um, a great analogy I can compare from my background is I used to sell art in Santa Fe, and we were like one of the very oh, few God, modern yeah. art galleries in Santa Fe. And so you're trying to compete with all the Southwestern art and art of that region. Best thing to do, though, is go to see what other, just other galleries were doing and how did they were selling their art to the visitors because most of those visitors are coming for those pieces of art and not necessarily what we were selling. So learning how um, other art brands were taking on, you know, the, the, everybody that was coming in there, all the tourists that were coming to town to buy that style of art was something that you could apply to your own uh, your own gallery, but also have that spin on it. Hey, this is something different than what we're yeah. doing. And everyone wants to have that different spin, but it's actually knowing how to navigate that through the entire industry versus saying, like, oh, we're the only ones that do this. 
But yeah. no, there's many distillers <laughs> that are doing this. Yeah. <laughs> call, you kind of uh, hear that small, hundred, yeah. There's almost a thousand other ones that are yeah. doing You hear that mom and shop kind of and small batch pitch and yeah. we're doing, you know, sourcing your local grains. Like, yeah. oh, you're doing what everybody should be doing, essentially. Pretty much. Yeah. Or you, you, know, you walk into a distillery and someone, you know, they'll have a, a vodka and then they'll go, uh, uh, I go, oh, so you're making a vodka. Yeah. You're going to sell that um, in the marketplace? Oh, yeah, everyone loves vodka. Yeah, not everyone loves $50 vodka. Yeah, and they're tied to their brands. That no one's ever heard of. Exactly. Yeah. Um, when you can buy, and especially, I mean, you well, again, you better have a kick-ass story, mm-hmm. something that yeah. really makes you. Oh, one guy, though, uh, he was an Indian fellow, uh, as in from India, okay. uh, who... Uh, Makes sense. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> well, he was a friend of a friend, and this friend put us together, you know, this friend of mine, actually used to work for Diageo, um, and for some reason he thought I'd be a better uh, consultant to this guy. And go, you yeah. work for a freaking global company. Don't you know yep. more about marketing than me? Anyways, he, uh, this guy wanted to build a distillery at the foot of Mount Everest. Ooh. <laughs> and make a vodka made from Everest water. Yeah. And I go, dude, first off, there's 200 dead bodies up there. You really want to be filtering your water through Good point. You know, some Can't bring the bodies back climber. down. And number two, how about avalanches? And number three, uh, where's the local, the closest part of civilization that you have to truck yeah. all that vodka to? <laughs> I mean... That's just Sounded the, good in theory. the cost of that vodka is going to be nuts. <laughs> plus, you're going to have fingernails and <laughs> hair samples and eyeballs floating around from the from the from the hikers. Man, think about it. Oh. You're going to be attacked by Yeti. <laughs> you can't think of all everything that can go wrong. <laughs> and then step back step a back moment. Yeah, it. look at it. But also it. too, okay, great. So you're making you're making vodka f- from snow from Everest. Yeah, kind of interesting. Except no one says, you know, just because it's snow from Everest, you got snow from the Rockies. You got sure. all those distilleries in Colorado. Yep. What makes that snow different, yeah. other than the dead people? It turns their cans blue when it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> There's some frozen people at the very top of it. Oh. There's some people skulls. Oh, that's what he should have done. He should have made it the vodka kind of bluish and put little frozen, uh, <laughs> little frozen people, little frozen people dressed as climbers inside of it. Seems appropriate. <laughs> and call it thaw. Thaw. Yeah, thaw. The thaw. The thaw. Oh, mm-hmm. that'd be great. That'd there we go. Uh, We're just be, building new brands right now. Take it. Brand. Run with it. Boom. Whoever's out there, go. I think you um, have the guy already, actually. Huh? You already have the guy, this uh, Indian oh, yes. fellow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh. You probably have to have an awful lot of money, even building it oh, over there. It, yeah. Imagine the cost yeah. of just building it. Yeah. And yeah. all that comes back to the cost of your vodka. Now, who are you going to sell this vodka to? Mm-hmm. Hey, who's going to buy it? Who's your market? And I mean, what, what's he going to take to get it up there? Yeah. Yeah. And then, again, how, how do you get the word out? That's the other big part. I mean, with any brand, media, looking out for media. Um, I always think it's, you know, it's funny. I always think um, a lot of brands pass up 
great opportunities now mm. to, there's a lot of whiskey writers. That's with the rise of oh, whiskey yeah. buyers and whiskey brands. Yeah. You got everybody in their dog becoming a whiskey writer. This guy. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> not you. Are you no. Okay. no, he's no. not. No, 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 no. He's fucking with you. <laughs> oh, great. Nice. I'm dropping the mic. Well English. I'm Go ahead. Write it. Go ahead. Uh-huh. I got two hours of your time already, so. <laughs> Bastard. Bastard. So speaking um, of, what's hot right now, Mark? What's hot? What's hot right now? As far as particular brands? It's a very uh, ambiguous sure. question. Yeah, you know, if it's a brand, if it's a category, if it's, or something you see in, a, in the foreseeable future. I will tell you from just like the... 30-year overview of what's yeah. grown. Rum. Uh, <laughs> rum. <laughs> That's always the next big thing. Every, every rum. <laughs> rum, tequila is always going to be the next big thing. Actually, you know what I found uh, over the last... I started getting into Mezcal uh-huh. probably about t- 2011, okay. 2012, right in there. Um, even was playing around with Benedictine mezcal cocktails because I thought they went really well together. Mm. Um, but I find it's, to me, at least perception-wise, obviously not sales-wise, yeah. but um, the the way mezcal is eclipsed tequila. Mm. I mean, what, what's the hottest tequila brand you've heard someone talk about? Mm-hmm. But someone will always bring you a bottle of mezcal. Yeah. Um, you Good go to the shows and you see a, less, a lot of mezcals. Mm-hmm. Um, mezcal is also kind of a cool crossover for anybody who's into ILO single malts. Absolutely. Yeah. And you go, oh, hey, here you go. Here's this or, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got to think that rise beginning to plateau just mm. because there's so much of it. Mm-hmm. And when Dave Schmier started his Redemption Rye, I mean, Dave hit it right at a sweet spot, man. That was, you had old Overholt uh, on the lower end, yep. and then you had uh, Old Petrero on the much higher side. side. Then, you, you know, Dave came in with a, a $22 yep. rye that was perfect for every bar and every mixologist was looking at older cocktails, find out, oh, the Manhattan was used, they used rye. Mm-hmm. Oh, great, here yep. you go. Um, now, I mean, obviously the, the ryes are still growing to an extent, yeah. but um, I wonder how much more bourbon, oh, you know what could be the real next big thing, at least as far as whiskey's concerned, is the American single malt. Yeah, it's interesting to see where it's going. Yeah. I mean, there's chat. They're, yeah. they're, uh, yeah, the, yeah, a lot of these guys are getting behind it. And uh, I don't know if we, you guys at the, they had the round table yeah. discussion. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I know they've had something like that over in Denver even prior to that, okay. organized by a different group. Okay. Um, and, you know, I think there's, it opens up a whole new door of possibilities of what they can play around with and what they could do. Mm-hmm. So that could be it. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, though, to see some some certain brands and liqueurs. Remember, I mean, I remember when St. Germain yeah. was the hottest thing. Hottest thing, yeah. It was, what, the ketchup? 
Of course, they call Benedictine ketchup, too. Uh, <laughs> the ketchup of cocktails. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, where'd it go? Domaine yeah. de Canton was hot. Yeah. And then it just kind of focused their attention to slow and low from yeah. that brand and, you know, after it sold it off. And, and then uh, it, it's, it's funny, and I don't know how is that. You guys might know better than I. I mean, do you think that's because of bartenders? Um, well, pulling that, back because they don't want uh, it's overdone. I want to do yeah, this. I want to do this or that. I, well, then, then you then but then you have you ask the question to that, which does on premise drive off or is off drive on premise? So that you can easily then throw that question out there. Well, yeah, you know, I always wondered like something like Saint Germain. Mm-hmm. You know. Maybe your odd person in Lincoln Park would buy it. Okay, for their home bar. Yeah, but. I mean, really, was that being consumed anywhere other than than a bar, off yeah. premise or yeah. on premise? And then, and then even then, you know, it's you know, does it is that bottle now the the Galliano? Okay, of the new generation of bartenders. It's almost like those bottles would sell. You think they sell better now as the home cocktail experience is becoming more expansive and people are becoming. Um, yeah, yeah. Stay home. You stay home to have cocktails and also becoming just more educated on how to make good cocktails. You can you turn on a YouTube page. Well, what about that, guys? I mean, as representatives of a brand, yeah. of brands, um, do you, would you, would you, do you see brands getting more involved in creating not bartender schools, but bartend cocktail schools for the consumer? It's definitely where, like, Instagram and YouTube and those channels of social media become into play because so much of what you see from brands is building cocktails um, a lot of the mm-hmm. time and using your, your special ingredients, using certain ingredients to make sure that, I know we do it as a brand, we are starting to almost produce our own bitters um, from wine barrels that we're going to try to do. So you can make our kind of pair our whiskey perfectly with the cocktails we want to actually make based off of our whiskey, our juice. I mean, are you having a similar experience? No, we. it's more of providing them an idea of how we can help promote the brand, their space, and then ultimately who they are mm. as bartenders. Um, for a home bartender or for the actual bartender? For the actual bartender. with Okay. And then turn that I was in. speaking more toward the home. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. I, I agree with you. I think the home is more something they experienced out. I can, yeah. Using my sister as an example, she'll have a great cocktail somewhere. She'll ask what's in it. Okay. She'll go the next, she'll go out the next day, spend the two, three hundred dollars to make <laughs> that cocktail at a pennies and it doesn't come out nearly as great as what she experienced. But, but yeah. there are... It never does. Never yeah, does. It never I make a grilled cheese and it never tastes <laughs> as good as the way my mom made it. Right. That's or the Walgreens back when Walgreens had a... Walgreens had, had grilled they cheese? Had, they, they had counters. Had grill. They used well, to have counters. Yeah. You had a vanilla phosphate. This I will Like the hot dogs at Home Depot? <laughs> oh, I love the hot dogs at Home Depot. They're and the best in the city. You're at Home Depot. Chances best are you were shopping. No, I go, I, I go there just for it. see a hot dog and you smell it on the way out, you got to stop. You got to have one. You got to have one. You got to have one. Watching the LBs. Um, the thing I was thinking, though, is for brands, because you got so many brands out there, mm-hmm. and also you're now struggling with real estate on back bars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so doesn't it make sense to for brands to try to steer uh, 
everybody back in time to the days when everyone had a little wet bar. Yeah. You know, you watch old episodes of The Twilight Zone. And I, when I mean old, I don't mean the 1981. I <laughs> the mean one, the black and white 1960 ones. black and white ones. <laughs> Everyone always came home. Said, "Oh my God!" No matter what kind of house they had, yep. they were you know they it could had be a, a little wet bar, crappy, yeah. crappy house guys in a t-shirt. But he walks over and he mixes himself a martini. Mm-hmm. Um, they all had the you know the, the big, power sodas uh, things. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the what is it called? The seltzer I bottles. Those. Seltzer bottles. Yeah. yeah, but there's another name for them. I know. Oh, the little tops. Atomi- they- not atomizer. No. Yeah, anyways. Anyways. So, to me, I had a buddy of mine who was doing that for a while. Lived over in Humboldt Park with his wife, and he had a he had a little bar with not a lot of stuff. You know, a bottle of gin, a bottle mm-hmm. of whiskey, mm-hmm. some vermouths. You know, and just enough. And he'd have a cocktail pitcher, mm-hmm. and he'd mix up a a, a, a little. Uh, picture of martinis, sure. martinis for him and his uh, missus. They have a jar of olives. Yep. And that was kind of his yeah. coming home tradition. And I think that's coming yeah. back, too, because I've always, uh, and Jake speaks this, because I always told him, like, dude, it's it's going back home. The new off-premise, the new on-premise is the home bar again. And people are not going out to bars as much as, as they often. used to. No, no. It's, it's amazing. You go to a bar nowadays at 10, 10.30. Yeah. And it's almost empty. Yeah. There might be people at the bar, but like the tables but are the empty. The tables are empty. Yep. Yeah. And back was... in my day, you, I mean, one, the service industry would fill up bars. Yep. As soon as a restaurant closed at 10, 11, especially at midnight, man, yep. boom, you got this crowd of industry people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't see that at all anymore. It's expensive. I mean, yeah. I was just last night I bought three cocktails. And it's a fifty dollar bar tub. And you're like, oh, three cocktails, yeah. fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. were you drinking downtown? Yeah, over north. Oh wow, fuck me. Yeah, bucks. and that's with Star Wars juice. And you're like, well, this is why we have to keep <laughs> doing this. Yeah. You know, keep pushing it that way to be yeah. out there. Or well, see, and that that's it's with your brand. You have to be thinking, shoot. How do we change this? That's only that's three. That's only three cocktails. Yeah. That's only, you know, what, three... Four and a half ounces. Yeah. And That's it was also with uh, a taste of uh, Nico on the side for free. <laughs> like, you're wow. like, so that's an extra tip built in there, too. You're like, well, thank you for the nice little drink yeah. there. And Goodness. You're like, oh. But that's, uh, that's uh, at that uh, that kind of pricing, Yeah. it would take, it's not like you're going to stick around. No. For another round, exactly. No, yeah, yeah. hundred bucks. Yeah, when I had six drinks. What happened? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was in New York this weekend, and we had my coworker and I. We had uh, some Manhattans, some Star Wars Manhattans, and they gave us an extra six dollars surcharge to every cocktail for using a premium whiskey. Our whiskey bottle is only fifty dollars retail. It's not like it's you know over the top. So we paid uh, eighty-five dollars for four cocktails. Wow. And we did not know that till after we, p- we were going to pay. After we're, like, we're, like, we're like, oh, she's like, yeah, usually they're about $15. Co- all the cocktails in the menu are about $15. So, like, yeah, get this. Well, you know, we were probably going to pay a dollar more, maybe $2 more. See, I always liked, you know, I was, I didn't mind paying more if you went to the, uh, the aviary. Yeah. Because you go there and you're getting this experience. However, mm-hmm. it was also not a place that I, you know, I go, especially if there's like four of us. I go, we have one round. Yeah. Then we're, yeah, we're, absolutely. We're leaving because yeah. if this is on my dime, exactly. hello. It's an occasion. Uh, yeah, right. And it's an experience, and that's cool. And so you're paying for that. But for a cocktail, 
Especially, I mean, the first time, this was maybe 15, maybe 20, almost 20 years ago. Yeah. First, one of the first times I went to New York with Diageo. Um, we went to the, one of the, the Hudson Hotel or something. Mm. We were in the lobby bar. And I had uh, two friends who lived in New York came uh, to visit me. I said, what do you want? You know, you want to uh, take a Johnny Walker uh, black and you want a screwdriver? Sure, no problem. And I came back and... It was the first time. I, that's the first time I had sticker shock, and I go, "Wow, it's twenty bucks. It's ten dollars a piece." I mean, I was used to drinking. Yeah. And over in my neck of the woods, where I grew up on the southwest side, mm-hmm. I was paying. Uh, I, uh, ten gray and tonic was like three fifty. Yeah. You know, back in the good old days. Um, <laughs> now, I mean, it's I'll funny. I'll give you a taste of the tonic, but not. <laughs> <laughs> but nowadays, with all this this stuff. Uh, you know, with all the traveling I do, I'll, um, you know, I see the, the extraordinary rise in prices. Yeah. And I guess River North, they're, yeah. they're paying for the property. Yeah, absolutely. Hotels, they're paying for the big taxes. But once you get away from there and you get tabs like that, that's when I always have to yeah. shake my I agree. Shake yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I've been at places where I get, you know, Star Wars neat. Nine dollars. That's fine. Whatever. And then you have a cocktail, and it's twenty plus dollars. Like, wait, wait. How did it go up twice as much? Yeah. And, you're, and and these are neighborhood places as well. Sometimes. And see, that reminds me. It, I I hope the f- they're not doing what they did in Ireland when uh-huh. I was there. So in Ireland, I don't I don't know if this law. I couldn't get a straight answer from anyone. No one seemed to know this. This last time I was there. Um, but in Ireland, when I was there, they have a two unit rule. Hmm. So average hmm. pour is an ounce and a quarter. Okay. That's one unit. So that's as much as they can put in uh, alcohol they can put in any drink. Okay. Is uh, two and a half ounces. Okay. Right? So um, you go into the Morrison. I remember it was the Morrison Hotel, lobby bar. I went there with a couple of my reps to give a little support because I think they were using Ciroc vodka. So we got... A, uh, Shout out to P. Diddy. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, they, P. Diddy, they knew who P. Diddy, P. Diddy was, and they knew he was kind of associated with, but he actually had nothing to do with Ciroc right. outside of the U.S. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's only in the U.S. It's just in the U.S. Um, just in New York. Um, so he, um, anyways, they, girls order these Cosmopolitans. They insisted using 10-ounce martini glasses at this place. I'm going, wait a minute. Ten ounces. You got two and a half ounces of that. It's going to be spirit, and the chances are they're using just one unit of uh-huh. vodka, and then probably half a unit for Cointreau. Okay. Rest was a couple squeezes of lime, mm-hmm. and what do you think filled up the rest of that glass? That was the reddest, <laughs> blandest cosmopolitan you tasted. Oh, I'm and sure. Cosmo's supposed to be pink. This looks like uh, someone just Dracula just made this. What is, what is Some fruit this? punch. Um, and you taste it, and it was just cranberry juice, and they were charging Aye. twenty euro. Wow! And all I could do all the time I lived over there, I yeah. converted every time. Yeah, I, I got a bill, dollars. I just converted it into dollars. I go, twenty-eight dollars. That's like that was almost thirty bucks. Jesus. Jesus. Wow. Thirty bucks for one, and what they were doing. Is they say, well, because what do they do in Ireland? 
if you order a vodka cranberry, they give you a glass with a little bit of ice, a shot of vodka, and a little bottle of cranberry. Hmm. So they charge you for this. So they charge you for you. this. They combine it. So huh. crazy. I'm thinking, wait a minute, you charging me for the cranberry juice as well? <laughs> you don't have to put that much in, you know. That's it's crazy. It'd be cheap, but this cocktail tastes like cranberry juice. At least my kidneys will be <laughs> in great shape. Right and clean. Yep. Is leaving uh, is uh, clean kidneys a good place to leave it at after <laughs> two hours and fifteen minutes of recording? I wow. think for now, part one. Part one. For chapter this one. one. This is chapter. Oh yeah, for chapter is, one. This is the birth of Marty. <laughs> this is the birth of Marty. <laughs> oh. That's right. I haven't told you about my five years of a James Bondian adventures with Glen Karen. Not yet. Not the yet. People I've had to kill. People you've had to kill. Yeah, the glassware business is as cutthroat as any other business. Just break some glass and cut some throats? Yeah. Yeah, the guy with the neat glass? Dead. <laughs> dead. 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 <laughs> Libby glass? Dead. <laughs> we'll do a body count next episode. <laughs> <laughs> you see crushed crystal around the body. You know who it was. No. Uh, oh. George, in. I love you. Just... Stay out of that class. <laughs> Fuck out of here, George. <laughs> oh. Well, Marty, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, thanks for, guys. Thanks for having this, this on. Fun. We'll, def- yeah, we'll definitely cool. do this again. Yeah, we'll we'll hit up chapter two soon. Because <laughs> I know there's more. A holiday special. There, well, oh. We'll do a prequel, oh. The Younger Years. Because oh, we're going to go okay, through okay. a lot We'll of do that. your Joker origin story. <laughs> 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 uh, awesome. Is there uh, anything you want to throw out here to promote or anything like that? Any social uh, media? Any of you kids out there need branded Glen Cairn glasses? Marty Duffy. Marty Duffy. You have uh, branded Glen Cairn wine glasses that you're giving me gripe about? Hey, you <laughs> confused me too. You're like, well, these aren't Glen Cairn glasses. Really? Yeah, like, I was probably screwing with you. <laughs> I was oh, like, okay. I'm like, you make <laughs> wine glasses? We have, we have goblets. That's true. And we do have, we have, we can actually um, uh, create all sorts of glassware. Oh, okay. okay. So, yeah, if you're looking for something, we can, we can do it. But uh, as far as our mainstay, you know, it's mainly spirits and mainly whiskey. Sp- nice. And decanters, some beautiful decanters. Beautiful decanters, yeah. Gorgeous yeah. decanters. Well, Mr. Duffy, it's been a truly honor and pleasure. It's been thanks, awesome. Boys, we'll thanks for the whiskey and the time. Yeah, no yeah. problem. We'll Thank do it again soon. Um, yeah. For all of you out there, uh, follow Wilson at 312MADE. And also check out Union Horse Distilling Co., which he is the rep for, and makes some delicious whiskey out of Kansas. Lenexa, Kansas, I believe, is the correct town. That's correct. Awesome. Um, and if you'd like to try any Australian whiskey, go visit Star Ward. Um, that's it's company. delicious. That's what we were drinking right now. Yeah. We're drinking both brands to see today. We didn't even say that. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, actually, I tried this in New York okay. at uh, a whiskey event a couple of years ago yeah. with the gentleman uh, Dave. from Dave. Dave. And I thought it was the best whiskey at the event. Oh, appreciate that. Really did. It was really, really good. It's a nice little... So uh, glad to see it. Take that uh, in very well um, as a company. And also, if you want to listen to more episodes, um, like listening to <coughs> Jamie Duffy, Marty's niece, um, on previous episodes, you can check out that at keenlightkeenlight.com and all where all podcasts are found. If you want to give us a review and a like, hey, we appreciate it too because we're in it for the long haul to get that McDonald's money. McDonald's money. <laughs> <laughs> we're shooting big, Marty. Thanks, Marty. <laughs> we don't have low dreams here. But other than that, guys, <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, I hope to check you out soon. Cheers. Cheers.